Welcome to the JBug podcast. It's Friday, January 24th, 2020, and the current event for discussion is the impeachment hearings that Jerry Nadler has been providing evidence for the Senate against Donald Trump. A lot of the mainstream media has news articles speculating whether or not witnesses such as John Bolton will be allowed to testify. And the news is conveniently leaving out the actual rhetoric the Democrat Party is using to try to impeach Donald Trump. So is the truth too hard for the average American to understand? Why are we not hearing about the details of the actual impeachment proceedings? Uh, Surely it would show that the Democrats have a sound narrative, or do they? I've been doing a few fact-checking, and I'm finding some holes in some of the narrative that's being produced so far. The PBS NewsHour uploaded a 15-hour segment sharing details of the impeachment trial, and so I've gone through some of it. There's a lengthy two-hour introduction by Adam Schiff, and the nitty-gritty details the evidence that the impeachment is is based upon is presented by Jerry Nadler. So Nadler starts off by explaining that the basis for this impeachment begins with the story of the president's Ukraine scheme. And that's what I'm going to focus on <clears throat> today. He proclaims the facts are not in dispute. President Trump unlawfully withheld military assistance appropriated by Congress to aid our ally in order to extort the Ukraine government into helping him with his re-election, and he tried to cover it up when he got caught. So I'm very intrigued at this point. What's the evidence Nadler is going to present to us? He starts off by explaining how an employee by President Bush and Obama the acting ambassador to Ukraine up until 2019 was working to end corruption in Ukraine. And then he quotes this ambassador, Yovanovitch. And she says that the Ukrainians, for example, were trying to join Europe in 2014 because the people were battling the Soviet legacy of corruption. And that makes the Ukrainian leaders ever vulnerable to Russia. Well, the State Department under President Trump ordered Yovonovitch to board a plane and come home immediately. And so Nadler is saying this is because of a smear campaign against her by Rudy Giuliani. So I'm assuming that Nadler is going to present a plethora of information to explain exactly how Giuliani smeared her. And most of his allegations can be summed up with one quote. He says... Giuliani stated that he wanted her, quote, out of the way. I suppose that is evidence of some sort. It's not an awful lot. Anyway, Giuliani also worked with a group of members where two members contributed to Donald Trump's presidency campaign and were arrested for it. Again, that's incredible um, evidence right there. I mean, it sounds like it's just a um, contributory evidence. It it allows you to make assumptions, I suppose. 
it's not really actual evidence. So let's see if he's got anything more. So he, he blames Giuliani for conspiring with the second Ukrainian general, Lutsenko, who was appointed after Shokin was fired. Well, why was Shokin fired? Because basically Joe Biden strong-armed the Ukrainian government um, withholding um, about a billion dollars from his son, a firm his son worked for, the Burisma, Burisma Holdings. And so it was Joe Biden's fault that Shokin was fired. And so Joe Biden was actually the one that wanted Lutsenko to be hired. Nadler explains that Victor Shokin was disgraced. The United States government, the International Monetary Fund, and others voted to remove him as general because he didn't follow the prosecution urgings. And Lusenko put in as the next general, he wasn't that much better. He also did not want to prosecute members. And Nadler quotes or plays a clip of Deputy George Kent as he testifies. And the U.S. Embassy in Kiev start, stopped working with Lutsenko altogether. So at this point, Nadler explains Lutsenko's failing career must be a reason for him partnering with Giuliani to make false allegations against Ambassador Yovanovitch, getting her removed by the Trump presidency. Now, I, I think that's quite a lot to state without providing evidence. That sounds like it could have been something he just made up. Uh, it just, um, circumstantial, maybe, but it sounds just like it's made up. So he plays a clip of Mr. Kent testifying over 2018-19 that Giuliani was smearing Yovanovitch by saying the chief agitators were some of the same corrupt former prosecutors that I had encountered, Shokin and Lutsenko. Nadler puts together a nice picture for this audience to conclude that Giuliani was a wingman for the corruption in the Trump collusion allegations. However, what Nadler doesn't show is that these allegations can be used to provoke the opposite truth, which is it was the Democrat Party that was trying to work with Ukrainian officials to find dirt on Trump colluding with Russia. So it's just as easy to question why was Obama strong-arming the Ukrainian government telling them who they could and could not investigate? Why was he telling them that the heads of Burisma were off-limits to Ukrainian prosecutors? Lutsenko was being told whom he could and could not investigate by Ambassador Yovanovitch. So there's clearly a conflict of interest, and Ambassador Yovanovitch is going to have her own bias. There's a clip I'm going to play that Glenn Beck did in his video series, three-part video series called Media Lies on Ukraine that explains that Lutsenko was given a list he, of those he could not prosecute, but he wasn't handed a list. He was given it vocally. And so a report by The Hill and later The Washington Post and the mainstream media, they're all going to say that because Lutsenko was not handed a list, and that means he retracted his statement. But I'm going to play a clip where Lutsenko 
makes the statement that he was told whom he could and could not prosecute. So Jerry Nadler says that Lusenko's testimony is false and even recanted. But this is not true. This is based on this article by The Hill, which Glenn Beck explains he never recanted. It is the media that says he recanted any witness that he was given a list because he wasn't given a list. He was dictated a list. He was he wrote it down himself as opposed to someone handing him a list. Glenn has concluded in his series that the timeline shows that the Democratic National Committee was colluding with the Ukrainians to undermine the Trump campaign well before Giuliani was on the scene. I wonder if witnesses are approved what evidence Giuliani could supply that would turn this rhetoric on its head. I bet the Democrats would not like that. But I believe that the the most stunning information here is that Nadler is willing to use this testimony from Lutsenko and say that it's false and it's been recanted. When you look at the source of what he's reading from, and he himself quotes The Hill, the source is, it, it does not, it shows that the media is lying. So listen to these clips and decide for yourself What do you think about this impeachment hearing so far? I mean, this is hours into the process, and these are the types of evidences that we're getting to show that Donald Trump should be impeached. So here we have Lutsenko's testimony telling us that he was given a list of those whom he could not prosecute. From another hand, it is true that I have some uh, difficult personal relationship with the Miss Ambassador. Unfortunately, from the first meeting with the U.S. Ambassador in Kiev, Miss Ambassador gave me a list of people whom we should not uh, prosecute. Okay, and here we have Jerry Nadler saying that Lutsenko's later recanted what he just said, what I just played on that audio, and that he was never given, the Hill reports that he was never given a list. With the publication of a series of opinion pieces in the Hill based on interviews with Lutsenko. On March 20th, 2019, in one piece in the Hill, Lutsenko falsely alleged that Ambassador Yovanovitch had given him a so-called do-not-prosecute list. (coughs) Not only was the allegation false, but after having helped originate the claim, Lutsenko himself would later go on to retract it. So now Glenn Beck is going to read the quote that The Hill got their information from. specifically, very specifically, about the meeting with the U.S. ambassador. Lusenko states that after he and his staff told her the people they were investigating, the following occurred. Quote, she said that this is unacceptable. They say it will undermine the credibility of the anti-corruption activists. I want you to remember that for episode three. 
I took a piece of paper and recorded the surnames that she had announced and said, dictate a list of involatile persons. She said, no, no, you misunderstood me. I said, no, I understood you correctly. Previous such lists were written in presidential administration on Bankova, and you offer new lists from Tankova, the U.S. Embassy. The meeting is over. I'm afraid the emotions were not very good, end quote. So where's the react where's the retraction? Where did that So what Glenn Beck is saying here, that this article, The Hill, that Jerry Nadler just referenced, was actually a setup by the media. Because when you look at the source from The Hill, it leads you to a Ukrainian document, a Ukrainian media piece. This Ukrainian media piece explains that he was dictated a list of people not to prosecute, as opposed to being handed a list. And it is because he was dictated a list that the Hill says he recanted his statement that he was given a list. So it's very twisted and the media is very clearly being deceptive when you actually trace back what the Hill says to the source. And Jerry Nadler is using this very um, fabricated media statement saying that Lutsenko recanted his statement which is really uh, the media sh was lying, as showed by the source that the Hill was using, that Glenn Beck just, just exposed. So it makes you really question this foundation uh, that Jerry Nadler's evidence is based on. Not only that, but this goes back to Joe Biden and this Burisma Holdings uh, connection that he has through his son. And it could, it could be that that is why Shokin was fired. And it goes all the way back to the DNC because Joe Biden was the vice president under President Obama. So you need to go back and watch the series that Glenn Beck put out. It's called Media Lies on Ukraine, and it's parts one, two, and three. He lays out all the evidence. Um, to explain how this goes back to the DNC being colluding against the Trump campaign. In fact, I'll just share a little bit more um, while, while we're at it. So this is back in November when Glenn Beck did these works on the Ukraine collusion. And this was with the Democrats. And again, it's his three-part series entitled The, the Media Lies. Um, it's the three-part series called The Media Lies on Ukraine. And he talks about how the DNC hired this woman, and Alexandra Chalupa. She was paid $70,000. And the Washington Post reported that there was no evidence that the DNC used any information from her work with embassy officials that could serve as anti-Trump rhetoric. Well, that's what the Post reports, but Glenn explains the facts. And he, in his first video at the seven minutes and 45 seconds mark, he says that in January 2016, Chalupa reported to the DNC 
She believed a Russian connection between Manafort and Trump. And in that same month, Obama administration held a meeting at the White House instructing Ukrainian prosecutors to look into a case involving Paul Manafort. So here we have Trump going into, I mean, we have Obama looking into the Trump campaign as early as January 2016. We also know that Chalupa continued to check in with the DNC as late as May 2016, Glenn reports, and the topic was always Paul Manafort. And Glenn has a leaked email that shows their communications included face-to-face meetings. Uh, one of the sound bites says, there's more offline tomorrow since there's a big Trump component that you and Lauren need to be aware of that will hit in the next few weeks and something I'm working on you should be aware of. So that does not sound good for the Democrat Party. And this also has to deal with a dossier that the DNC was was um, was having. And there's communications between Michael Isikoff. So Glenn goes on to say that the mainstream media did not go to the Ukrainians, but he, as an investigative journalist, did. And so he talks with Andre Telezenko, who is working at the embassy. He was a Ukrainian diplomat assigned to the U.S. embassy. And he said Chalupa was assigned to him while she was still on the payroll of the DNC, which she was on the payroll up until July 2016. So he was introduced in March 2016 to Chalupa. And he said of her, and he plays, Glenn Beck plays the clip of him, saying Chalupa introduced herself as a DNC operator and a DNC worker. She's collecting dirt on Manafort and Trump. They're going after her, but she's still going to get killed if she does this. But she's still willing to pursue this idea that Russia was involved or Russia is behind Donald Trump. And you know, I can use my contacts as the high floor or government official in Ukraine to help her in this investigation and help the DNC and get Trump off the elections through a congressional committee hearing aired by Marcy Kaptur and September 16th, and basically get a month right before the election. And afterwards, after this meeting with Chalupa, I started asking questions. I started asking the ambassador, do you know this woman? He says, yes. The Ukrainian ambassador in Washington says, I know Chalupa. I have yet to work with her. She's a friend of the embassy, and she's doing the work that is going to bring some positive aspects to Ukraine. So Glenn says this was all recorded before Donald Trump was even on the scene and certainly before Rudy Giuliani was on the scene. As Andre said, she introduced herself as a DNC operative and they were specifically trying to get dirt from Ukraine to make connections between Donald Trump and Russia. How did the Washington Post make their claims on Chalupa when the evidence debunks their statement? So this is just one of their lies. And Glenn continues on to debunk this whole situation in Ukraine. It goes on with Joe Biden. And again, there was an active investigation into Burisma. And there was a court petition for the seizure of Burisma property that was satisfied on February 2nd, 2016, one month before Shokin was fired. And there is a soundbite that Glenn plays by Lusenko. And this is the soundbite that I've also shared that he plays, saying that um, Lusenko, who replaced Shokin, 
And he was actually highly recommended by Joe Biden. He was complaining about giving a list, being given a list of whom he should not prosecute. And then the media fabricated a lie saying that Lusenko retracted the statement because he actually was dictated a list instead of being given a list. So there's a lot of inference that the Obama administration, the Democratic National Committee, was interfering in the 2016 election. And it's really, really bizarre that the very things that they were doing, they're blaming on President Trump. Now, I'm not sure how they're going to get away with this because the evidence they're explaining, when you actually look to the sources, does not hold. In fact, it shows the Democrats as the guilty party, which it is not looking good for the Democrat party. So I think it it goes to show why the media has not been sharing the nitty gritty details of this impeachment hearing, because they're actually proselyting against themselves. They're actually prosecuting themselves, because when you look at the sources behind their evidence, you actually find out that they're using the evidence the opposite of what it actually shows, that it really was a, a scandal between the DNC trying to oust the incoming presidential nominee, Donald Trump. So again, what are your thoughts on this? Send me a message on the Anchor app, and I'd love to hear what you have to say about the current impeachment hearings. All right. Thank you.